from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Starting five here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly, brought to you by Window Nation. As always, we start with number five. Daniel Jones expected to make his first appearance for the New York Giants since becoming a very, very, very rich man. He's been rich, don't get me wrong. He was a first-round pick, sixth overall. So he's been rich, but he hasn't been four years $160 million rich. He hasn't been $92 million guaranteed rich. So we have to ask the question that we ask everybody when they get that kind of uh, of, of financial wave into their bank account. It's not even like a it's not even a stream. It's not it's not poured into a, it's a wave. It's the ocean. Uh, it, does it change him? Right. We've seen uh, just recently there was there was a podcast talking about NBA players that change when they get the bag, and and. Not all of them, right? Some, you, you can tell, are driven by greatness and winning and they want to leave a legacy and they want championships and all these things. But some, you know, they used sports to get wildly, wildly, wildly rich. And then once they do, everything kind of changes and their, their attention changes. I'm not saying that is or isn't going to happen with Daniel Jones, but I, I'm, I am saying this. Uh, we'll, we'll start to find out tonight, right? And also they're going up against the Panthers. Uh but Daniel Jones being being the guy from Duke, right? And I don't know why I said it like that. The guy from Duke. Like he's the man from uncle. Uh, <laughs> you probably, and no disrespect to Duke football. Actually, as, as an aside, I've been defending Duke football. We had a conversation the other day on the show about uh, potentially the ACC, while everyone else zigs and expands their conference, if, if the ACC should zag and shrink their conference down to 10 teams, there are quite a few uh, online on our YouTube page saying that uh, that Duke should be one of the four cut if they do that. And I was defending Duke. So just know that I've I've been on both sides of the coin with Duke. Um, you When you commit to play football at Duke, you probably aren't thinking like, oh, this is the path to being a franchise quarterback and I'm going to go make you know $200 million in the next six years after I graduate. Uh but that's exactly what Daniel Jones did. So it's it's going to be a little bit of a, a shock, right? Last season, once they didn't pick up his his uh, fifth-year option, the, the temperature ratcheted up individually for him, right? Obviously, it's a team sport, and he was playing for wins, but also he recognized with every game that they played well, with every game that they got closer to the playoffs, with every game that he – didn't turn the ball over in crucial times, he became more and more likely to signing a life-changing contract off to, after the season, and and that suited him well, right? Whatever mind space that put him in, as well as Brian Dable being the, the architect of the offense and coming over from being the offensive coordinator of the Bills to being the head coach of the Giants, like that, I'll call it like a witch's stew, right? You throw in a little bit of this, a little bit of Brian Dable, a little bit of uh, money pressure, a little bit of contract year, and you mix it all up, a lot of Saquon, and you mix it all up and let it boil, uh, it came out to pretty good for, for Daniel Jones. Now, the recipe is going to be similar but a little different. 
right? Brian Dable's still going to be there. Saquon's going to be a little bit more upset because he didn't get paid this offseason. Uh, Daniel Jones won't have the whole contract thing hanging over his head. Now you mix it up. Are you going to get the same results? Are you going to get better results? Are you going to get get the exact same, which would be a weird move? Like, what does it look like for Daniel Jones? We start to get that answer tonight. And does he, I don't know. I, I saw, did you see the thing about the uh, the fit tunnel? I, I heard about it, but okay. I didn't see it. So so the uh, the Giants, some uh, some New York reporter, a beat writer, put out that the, the Giants told the media that you wouldn't be allowed to take pictures of players walking into the stadium anymore because they were changing their like security protocol of some kind and and it, they they made it sound like it was a like a league-wide decision uh-huh and then of course like every fashion fan that likes seeing you know uh joe burrow walking in with a flashy suit or somebody walking in with with you know a uh, new chain or whatever it is uh got everybody got very nervous and then the nfl came i was like no nothing's changed and the the giants were like yeah we're gonna have to change a few things but we're still gonna be able to see him walking in so Interesting. so does J- daniel jones start walking in with like you know those designer t-shirts that i'm going like that must be 15 bucks and then they're like no 112 i'm like how does he start dressing like joe burrow does he start does he start getting a little swag danny dimes become danny dollars like like does it does it change that's all i'm saying danny don't you want to be like me danny don't you don't you want to be like me uh number four we are the four horsemen acc realignment talk is quiet We've gone like 48 hours without a ton of tangible updates on ACC realignment, expanding, adjustment, talk. Is it too quiet? Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe the whole Florida State situation was just a scenario of the, the boy who cried wolf. Is it that or is it like when everyone was being loud, nothing was actually happening, and now they're behind closed doors actually making things happen? Right? I, I kind of... The way the ACC has been acting, here's the analogy I'll choose to use. I have a uh, two-and-a-half-year-old son at home. The way the ACC has been acting is like a two-and-a-half-year-old, right? Throwing some tantrums, a little bit little bit of, of screaming, a little bit of crying, a little bit of I want, I want, I want, a little bit of no, 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 right? Like a two-and-a-half-year-old. And I can tell you right now, if I'm ever like, you know, Say I'm sitting in the kitchen or I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, scarf down a meal, sitting on the couch, and and I know that my, my son is somewhere around, but it gets very, very quiet for like four minutes. The internal alarm clock starts going off. Like, what is he getting himself into? What could he be doing that is occupying his attention this, this solely, right, this focused? So then you have to stand up and go figure it out, and usually he's – gotten into some kind of ink of some kind right like like if it's too quiet things are not going well maybe he's spilled something and now he's trying to clean it up by taking the the laundry out of the laundry room to soak it up like there's options here i feel like that's what's going on with the acc right now right they've been screaming they've been uh crying they've been whining they've been been making a scene throwing a tantrum and now for like 48 hours it's been quiet and i'm going like what could they be getting themselves into right now? Florida State could have just accepted its fate as far as the television deal, and then SMU also could be really making some money moves as far as, hey, we're willing to come mm. into the conference. We can offer this rather than what Stanford and Cal could give you. 
It, it does seem. I mean, what, what we like, what we were talking about last week. It always seems kind of odd to go into the weekend with mm-hmm. no news. It seems like Monday, Tuesday, you'd hear something like this happening, some big agency news. Maybe there, it could just be a case of that. There are some rumors that a formal vote may be coming in the next few days. It could be kind of along the lines of what you're saying that the potential teams, right, Stanford, Cal, SMU, whoever else is is in the mix that we know of or don't know of, it could be that they've been given their, like, their requirements list, right? Yeah. It could be, all right, we're going to vote on it Monday, right? Uh, for you to be considered, you have to be willing to waive media rights fees, for the first four years and take half media rights fees for the two years following that. So like go home, call your donors, call your boosters, see if that is plausible. If it is, let us know. We'll vote on Tuesday or when, whenever the, the vote is. And if it's not plausible, uh, that's fine. You know, you go that way, we'll go this way and no hard feelings. So, so maybe it's just like, you know, they've been given their, their, chores and everybody's just working right you go that you in it we'll do it we'll see back all i know is the quiet is weird we went like we went like two weeks without 12 hours where an uh, an athletic director was saying something to get everybody riled up a board of trustees member was saying something to get everybody riled up an insider had some scoop a former president was making a call like we went we went a while where there was tangible news seemingly every couple of minutes and now we're we're in a holding pattern and holding patterns make me nervous. What are you doing back there? I never know what she's doing back there. <laughs> Ma, the meatloaf. Anybody? Anybody? Wedding crashers? No? All right, number three. One, two, three. Speaking of the NFL preseason, speaking of a division rival of the Panthers, speaking of one of the most talked about draft picks of the year, Bijan Robinson and the Falcons starters expected to debut tonight. This one is is interesting for Panthers fans uh, for the simple fact of the clock started on Bijan. What what do we say about running backs? What what is Jonathan Taylor so mad about? What is uh, Saquon and Josh Jacobs so mad about? Right, the value of running backs is going down, 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 but. What they fail to recognize is when the running back's value is the highest is when they are in essentially a rent-controlled situation, right? A, a cost-controlled situation. It's the rookie contract where they are the most fresh, the most uh, uh, injur- the least injury-prone, uh, and, and the most valuable to their team. So Bijan Robinson, right? For example, if, if the Falcons are doing what I'm doing right now and they're looking around the division and they're looking at the Panthers – and they're saying, what do we have to worry about? Well, the, the worry is, if Bryce Young is good, you're going to have to deal with Bryce Young for the next 15 years. Now, with the Panthers looking at the Falcons, it's if B. John Robinson is good, you are going to get haymakers for the next six years, right? It's like they, they, they'll, they'll run through the rookie contract, they'll pick up his fifth-year option, might franchise tag him once, and, and then you start getting to the point where running backs are, are less valuable. But that means starting tonight, the next six years, if Bijan is as generational as they say, if he's as good as they say, if he's as a mix of Adrian Peterson and Barry Sanders and 
like priest homes and they, they just you know they build the ultimate running back and say it's it's Bijan Robinson. If that ends up being true, you got six years where your defensive line and your linebackers are going to be pulling their hair out. And speaking of the Falcons' offense and starters, I'm interested to see how Desmond Ritter looks mm-hmm. tonight. After only playing four games last season, after things ran off the rails with Marcus Mariota, who, by the way, still looks like a backup quarterback if you've watched any of those preseason yeah. game last night. Three touchdowns, two interceptions, 431 yards. Again, this is another guy that the Panthers will have to worry about in the division. So it'll be interesting to see how Ritter looks in their preseason game tonight as well against the Bengals. Looking at the rest of the division and, and the reason you just you, – yeah, this building off of what you just said, uh, I think the Saints have – the highest floor, right? They're there. If everything goes bad and for everyone in the division, I think the Saints win it. Um, I think the Bucks have the lowest ceiling, right? Like if everything goes well for them, they win like eight games. I just don't know if their talent is aging. Their quarterbacks are still a mystery. Uh, there's there's a lot to not like about what's going on in Tampa. Uh, to me, the the Falcons have both the lowest floor and the highest ceiling of the competitors in that in that division. Drake London could put a, you know still show flashes and put up 700 yards receiving or he could put up 1300 yards receiving. Uh Kyle Pitts if he's back and healthy, he could be you know rivaling Travis Kelsey at the top of the receiving for uh, categories for tight ends. Bijan Robinson could put up 1600 yards receiving uh rushing or could you know maybe not live up to the height and and a lot of that has to do with desmond ritter um but a lot of that also just has to do with how those guys play individually and how they develop and and all those things so if i'm the panthers i'm watching them very closely and and you know if you get the good version of the falcons you're gonna have to pay attention to them all season also by week six you might be able to go oh never mind and start paying attention to other things but we'll see i was saying i guess that also is what makes the nfc south kind of fun question mark very much so. These storylines? Very much. I mean, I'm not somebody that, that doesn't appreciate greatness. So if they were just all good but predictable, uh, you know, if it was the, the AFC North where it's just like, you know what, the Steelers are probably going to be above 500 because Mike Tomlin never has been below 500. Uh, the Ravens are going to be pretty good as long as Lamar Jackson's healthy. The Bengals are going to be pretty good as long as Joe Burrow is healthy. The the Browns are mm, – mm, 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 never mind. Uh but if I had like three, like I still would rather everyone be good in the, the the South. But interesting, if you can't be good, you might as well be interesting, and that's what they are. Look, if you're a college football fan, you're missing the Coastal Division. The NFC South can make <laughs> up for it. So there you go. They, they should. That that actually would be funny. They should make like Coastal Chaos T-shirts or something. Let's get to number two. Just the two of us. Sam Howell was finally named the starter for Week One for the Washington Commanders today. Today it took that long. He's been taking the number one reps with the, the team for a while. Uh, I think it was Jahan Dodson on the Jim Rome's show like two months ago that said the the quarterback competition was settled and it was Joe uh, it was uh, Sam Sam Howell taking the lead. So Jahan Dodson put the the dots together. He is a you know rising second year wide receiver. Months before the coaches were willing to actually let us in on, on the secret. I don't get it. You know, the, there are times, and this is not exclusive to the commanders, but it seems like the commanders, and it seems like, you know, I'm sure Panther fans remember, uh, it seems like Ron Rivera does this a little bit 
where either he is way overthinking things or way underthinking things, right? It's 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 either oh we don't have to name a starter and you just like never ask about it, like you never have the meeting where you get the offensive staff together and say like should we name Sam Howell's the starter, right? Or it's the opposite where you get everybody in a room and you're like we should name him the starter. No 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 but wait. We should treat him as the starter, but not name him as the starter. But we should do this and then this and this. Why? It, it's you know, it's like I don't know why this is the second Friends reference we've had on 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 the show since we've taken over afternoons here on ninety nine nine. Uh, it's that episode where it's like they don't know that we know they know we know they know. It's like we should name him the starter, but not until we don't name him the starter. But we should name him the starter, and we should treat him as the starter. We'll name him quarterback one, but we won't call him the starter for week one. We'll give him the start. It's like. My brain hurts. My brain hurts. So they finally, I hope now we can stop, right? This is the point uh, when everybody knows the secret, right? Now, every, I don't have to worry about who I'm talking to. I don't have to try to keep it in the back of my brain. I don't have to go, wait, do you know? Can I talk to you about it? What does What does she know? The secret's out. Now the commanders can worry about playing football. Now they can worry about what Sam Howell needs to be successful as the starter, not when are we going to officially name him the starter. Now it can be, right, I, I talk about building offenses around players a lot. Um, Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett, I mean, going back to their college days, they're different quarterbacks. Right? Yeah. They inherently have different skill sets, different strengths, different weaknesses. You can't build an offense around both, right? Now, at least publicly, you can build your offense around Sam Howell, and then if and or when, knock on wood, you hope it doesn't happen, he plays poorly enough that you make the switch or he gets hurt, you tailor whatever offense you have as best you can to Jacoby Brissett. But it has to be built around the starter. Finally, hopefully, they can do that. From what I remember about Jacoby Brissett's playing days at NC State, he was an improviser but would just run around until he finally <laughs> found a man open. For Sam Howell, he was also an improviser, but he would just finally take it himself and just try to run it back over. So yeah, I see what you mean about there's two different play or there are two different play types between the two quarterbacks. You can't try to base the offense off the two. It's it's yeah, it's very much like um, you know, every cliche comes with a, a grain of truth. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. So pick one. And it just took them much longer than it should have to do that. Uh and finally, numero uno. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The designery.com panthers play tonight we kind of bookended the starting five today starting five brought to you by window nation here on the drive with tim donnelly number five was about the giants right daniel jones getting the start duke guy number one is about the panthers they're playing each other uh panthers play tonight and uh i think all eyes at least at first will be on the offensive line which is actually this is probably the first time all preseason that all of the eyes won't be on Bryce Young. But but everyone's going to look at the, the the line because they have to protect Bryce Young. Uh, so here's Bryce Young talking about his belief in the offensive line. 
Yeah, you know, I think we're all, again, we're all competitors. As, as, as a unit, as a group, we all looked at, you know, the result of what happened, and, you know, we're watching the film. And, again, that's not who we want to be. That's not what we want to put on tape. So I think, um, you know, they have just like I have, just like the running backs, receivers, tight ends, uh, defense, everyone as a team, you know, we've all looked in the mirror. We've all responded, and I think we've all, you know, we had to learn from the tape. It's, you know, it's not great tape you want to watch, but you have to go watch it, learn from it. And then, you know, I think throughout the week, we've definitely had that, that mindset of wanting to improve, want to be better. So I think that's been something that's been universal throughout the team. Watching tape, I do not want to go back to, to watching tape after a bad game or a bad practice or a bad uh, drill. It is not fun. And I'll even throw this out there. It's not fun for the quarterback when the offensive line played poorly and you're watching the film knowing, like, I was doing my job. Yeah. But you're just watching yourself get beat up, and you can feel like – a lot of times the offensive line, some of your best friends on the team, and, and you can feel them almost, you know, getting cringy at themselves. It's It's not good for anybody, and there's no better feeling than – the next week, if you play better at the things you played terrible at the previous week, because then watching film, there's like, oh, we can finally joke about it, right? You know that moment when there's, um, <laughs> I'll use a story, uh, and this one I wasn't even there for, but it's like legend in our family, right? Okay. Um, so my cousins were playing golf with my grandfather, and uh, this was he was getting up there in age, right? And had we'll call them stomach issues that uh, that that popped up right in in his trousers. Okay, the, the the number two. All right, while he's on the golf course, and luckily the golf course was uh, like he his house was in the development that the golf course was, so he was just like, oh guys, I gotta go, and he jumped in the golf cart, took the golf cart to the house, showered up, got cleaned up came back in in uh, and i'm trying to do this as like not sophomoric as possible right trying not to just make this potty humor but uh got cleaned up right golf is a long game so he you know throws on new clothes hops back in the golf cart meets them back out on the course and the way it was told to me again i wasn't there is it was pretty tense right a little awkward a little embarrassing a little secondhand embarrassment for the people that were there and uh then gramps pops up takes the next shot right all right i'll pick up on the next tee takes a swing and everyone's still kind of being a little quiet a little awkward and he just goes i knocked the crap out of that one and everybody laughed yeah. and it was that release where it's like okay we can we can now joke about it and everything yeah everything's all right and from that point on it's just a bunch of guys playing golf again uh there is kind of like if the offensive line shows up th this tonight against the giants and you know knocks a couple guys on their butt, right? Like uh, has a couple run plays where the hole you could fill, fit, fit a Mack truck through. Uh, Bryce Young is able to get to his final rep, right, or his final uh, um, spot in the progression. And, and, you know, they do their job really well. There's going to be that moment tomorrow watching film where it's like, okay, now we can joke about that ridiculous thing you put on tape last week, right? Now it's funny that – uh, they they ran a twist in front of Christensen and Ikea Kwanu, and they kind of bumped into each other, and neither ended up really doing their job. Like now we can we can make the joke because you fixed it. It's that release, which is a really fun place to be in in film. It's way less fun when you're not playing well. So right here in Bryce say like yeah we watched the film we had to learn from it. It wasn't fun tape. Of course it wasn't. It can be funny tape if you fix it.
right? Then then it's like, hey, remember last week when yeah, 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 and then you know everybody's laughing. Right now, you can't joke about it. Right now, it's serious business. Yeah, if Bryce Young can take advantage of the Giants blitzing and finding some open spots. And also, it's funny that you mentioned, or it's funny Bryce brings up about watching film, then you also bring up about how it's weird to watch film if you're a quarterback after the offensive line mm-hmm. did so poorly. Maybe there's opportunities where he can say now, all right, well, rather than trying to hold on to the ball just a second longer, I can release it earlier. Or, hey, if nothing's there, I can find a hole and take off and maybe make something happen with my legs. It's uh, it's 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 not as awkward. Uh, I'll say this: um, when like the quarterback holds onto the ball too long, or sometimes your drop gets too deep, so the the like the tackle is running the edge around and trying to bring them higher than you, but you get out of the where you're supposed to be, and it leads to a sack. It's less awkward, at least in my experience, because the offensive line will just turn around and and let you know exactly what you did. With with colorful language, right? They'll turn around and be like, well, "That's not on me. That's on beep deep 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 deep." Perfect, gotcha, right? Doesn't it rare very like the quarterback can never do that to the offensive line. You never say like, "Well, you," unless it was a mental error, especially Bryce Young. Physical error, no. Mental errors occasionally you can get on him for MAs and stuff like that. They'd pick him up in the locker room by his shoulder pads and just <laughs> hold him up against the wall. The size thing is a is a dramatic uh, visual. Ikea Kwanu's much bigger than than Bryce.